Hello, you are listening to Omnitox Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, Avalara, TGW, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is December 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week, but this time, the past year, that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Chris, it's our annual awards show. The favorite, my favorite. Favorite show of the year. We've got some new categories. I can't wait to get to some of them. Like I'm so hyped up for some of my answers, Ann, as you would expect. And Clearly. Uh, Clearly. Yes. Well, we also have some special guests joining us uh, for the show, which we do every year. Annual have, tradition. Annual tradition. We have the one and only David Ritter and David Brown. The Davids are with us from the Alvarez and Marcel Consumer and Retail Group. Welcome, guys. Uh, Dave Ritter, we haven't talked to you in a long, long time, but you brought your Lumberjack Dave shirt. So uh, why don't you tell the, the folks listening a little bit about you and your background here before we get started? Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, or nice to see you. Uh, I, of course, brought the lumberjack plaid. You know, it wouldn't be on brand without it. Uh, Dave Ritter, a uh, longtime consultant in the retail industry, focused on kind of strategy and operational transformation type programs. Nice to be here. Though. Good to see you. Welcome back. And another mic drop, Dave, which was David Brown coming from last year, uh, bringing all the goodness. David Brown, introduce yourself and a little bit about your background and uh, let's get going after that. Sounds good. Thanks, Ian. Uh, appreciate it. So uh, David Brown, like uh, Mr. Ritter, longtime uh, consultant, really focusing on retail transformation, uh, primarily in the beauty and luxury space. Uh, super excited to be here. Uh, let's go. It's All great right. to have you guys. It's great to have you both. You were here last year. So this is literally an annual tradition with the two of you, the the yeah. two Davids, as we like to joke here at Omnitalk. Um, all right, Ann, but before we get started, do we have any, any announcements we need to make at the top of the show? We do. So NRF, as everyone knows, is less than a month away, which means that the Retail Orphan Initiative Super Saturday Analyst Day is only one month away, Saturday, January, 9th, January 13th. Uh, and make sure that you start to look at your travel plans and make accommodations for this because for every retailer that attends, 250 children will get clean water, education, or life skills just from you being there. So this is 100% free for retailers to attend. And last year, they raised over $380,000 to help over 325,000 children in 28 different countries. Also, if you're a technology supplier, don't worry. They have not forgotten about you. You can do a sponsorship for retail ROI for as low as $2,500. You can see the full agenda, including a keynote from Run DMC frontman Daryl McDaniels, which I know everyone is excited about. You can get sponsorship information, but most importantly, you can register to make an impact for those 325,000 children right now at retailroi.org. That's retailroi.org. Make sure you sign up, Chris. Could not right. be more impactful at NRF. No, it's a great announcement to open the show with, like an annual yeah. re re award show, you know, giving back. It's awesome. So, all right, well, let's get this party started. Let's get it on the road. We've got everything from headline of the year to one of my personal favorites, most overhyped tech of the year. 
And we're going to close out the show as well with a few predictions around 2024. So you're going to want to stay tuned and stick around for that. But with all that said, today's award winners are those that the four of us feel deserved recognition this year. But we also want to give all of our loyal listeners out there the opportunity to tell us what we missed. So please submit your nominations for each of the categories via direct message to either Ann or myself in LinkedIn or in the comments on the clips of these videos we will be posting later this week on LinkedIn and on YouTube. And we will try our best to comment on them and call them out in our final show of the year, which will take place next week on Wednesday, December 20th. All right, let's kick it off. Retailer of the year. Let's go to David Ritter first for this one. All right. My retailer of the year is Sprouts Farmers Market. Whoa. Ooh. All so right. Sprouts is, <laughs> Sprouts Stay is more. Stock, uh, from $32 to $49 over the last year. Uh, they've opened 30 stores, uh, which is pretty impressive organic growth um, in, in this current market. And, and frankly, just for a specialty grocer, to thrive in a market where consumers are trading down and increasingly kind of consolidating trips, I, I think yeah. it's just incredibly impressive. Wow. My good loyal friend of the Omnitalk, Nick Conat, the COO there, was going to be pleased as punch to hear that recognition. All right. Uh, David Brown, what, what, who's your nominee this year? Well, it's funny. I almost went grocery too, but I, uh, I, I changed at the last minute. I'm going with 7-Eleven. Seven uh, Eleven. Okay. Why? Added added more than six billion dollars in sales. Wow. Um, yeah, everything's working, right? New loyalty program rolled out the last couple of years working, last mile delivery working, hyper personalization, you know, uh, based on demographics working. Uh just killing it across everything that they're doing and uh and it's resulting in uh you know sales and profits. It's uh it's a great story. Yeah, we saw. Man, what was their store? Their store format Evolution called Revolution. Store. Yeah, Evolution. yeah, Evolution yeah. store format yeah. down in Texas. That thing was Revolution banging. is a different thing. Yeah, but- yeah, right, right. The re- the Revolution will not be televised, but yes, the no. Evolution will on no. this program. Uh, yeah, no, that thing was banging though. That had everything yeah. you could want in a convenience operation going for it. So, all right, Ann, well. Are you going to side with any of the two gentlemen here? Or are you going to go no, out on your own? No, I think this is going to be a crazy year. No duplicates for Retailer of the Year because I picked Ikea. Um, Ooh, also a good pick. I Ooh. Yes, I think, um, you know, they, number one, had a really great opportunity this year to seize the opportunity of the closure of Bed Bath & Beyond. They brought their as-is resale program to the market this year, which I think is really smart. They launched $99 interior design for uh, design for all really. Oh, that's um, I forgot about that announcement. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they made over a $2 million or sorry, $2 billion investment in stores in the U S this year, uh, kind of playing around with some of their smaller formats to act more like pickup hubs um, and then building some more larger format stores. And I mean, I wasn't a huge fan as many listeners know of their uh, elimination of their loyalty program, but apparently it's resulting in lower prices for all so we'll see what that looks like but uh but i'd say overall ikea gets my vote this year yeah it's a year to do it too if you're gonna pull it back because it makes your numbers a lot easier for next year if you can do it in a good year too so smart move by them all right so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out on my own here too like i'm actually and david ritter i'm gonna give you kudos on this one because i think they were your pick last year and i think the tailwind is still firmly behind their back and that's that's Lululemon. Um, I think, again, standout year, which is kind of crazy because you could kind of expect it. Like last year, they were kind of a standout at the tail end of the pandemic, but 
pandemic's basically, you know, come to a halt and, and they're still killing it, you know, besides with, uh, even with the fact that people are going back to work. So stocks up, stocks uh, trading around $500 right now. It started at $320 at the beginning of the year. That's, that's just absolutely insane. They're going more into men's as David, I think you talked about last year as well. So uh, kudos to Calvin McDonald, the whole team there for, in my opinion. So, so no clean sweep, no multiple nominations to start us out here. And nope. That's okay. I think we might have some duplicates coming later on in the show. I have a, I have an inkling, but let's move on to the next award headline of the year. Uh, David Brown, let's go to you first for this one. Yeah, I'm going to flip this category a little bit. I think the, mm. the biggest headline of the year is the, the non-headline of the year, which is the Ooh. complete omission the past year of anything sustainability or esg related mm, right yeah. you know as uh inflation has taken over and it's true uh people have you know thought about uh the increase in goods and their you know move to value like they've completely abandoned the concept of sustainability or even caring about it anymore now it's a bit of a blanket statement which is you know probably wrong but uh uh it just i just haven't seen much of it uh in, in the past year you know, like it was in the last few when things were rolling. That's so true, David. And I think that it gives you a good indication of, you know, as much as we hear about Gen Z caring about, you know, wanting to have a more sustainable product, price does play a factor, especially when we're Absolutely. dealing with inflation. So that makes complete sense. I love it. I love that. Flip it on its head. Um, David Ritter, what do you say? Why do I always have to follow him? I know, uh, right? It's so tough. The best ones. Uh, yeah. So mine is uh, Walgreens Boots Alliance cut to junk status by Moody's. Oh, tell us more. Well, so, I, mean, I think we've seen Walgreens really struggle. CEO stepped down in November. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of completely backtracked on some of their strategic uh, kind of pillars in terms of closing Village MDs. I think they closed 60 primary care sites. It's just sad to see uh, one of the most respected uh, retailers uh, globally, frankly, uh, really struggle. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too, Ann. Because like I, I, I actually love my Walgreens experience now. Like, yeah, like the, their mobile interface is so slick; it's so easy to use. And yeah, to David's point, like Roz Brewer was there, like what, like a year maybe at best. I don't remember exactly, but it was a yeah. hot minute for sure. Yeah, they didn't give her much of a shot and then started going back and saying we want somebody with healthcare experience. And so that that whole project, I don't think, got the incubation time that it should have. Um, but Chris, who do, what was your headline of the year? I'm anxious to hear. I don't think this one will surprise many people. Um, and yes, it is always hard to follow David Brown. I will second I will second that statement. Um Mine is Walmart publicly announcing they're rolling out electronic shelf labels. Um, mm, you know, yeah. we we awarded last week's uh, Amistar for the month of de December to Bala Prasanna for his work on the project. And, you know, you and I Anne, have long been a fan of electronic shelf labels. And the fact that Walmart is publicly saying that they're going to 500 stores with them, uh, it shows that the concept has arrived. And then you've got Schnooks, which we did the video tour of their flagship store down in St. Louis. They've got them yeah. deployed in virtually almost every store, if I'm not mistaken. That might not be exactly right, but large majority of the chain has them as well. So so they're seeing their day in the sun. I think that's finally because retail is realizing that there's so much value in the one plus one equals three value equation that they can create beyond just you know uh, streamlining the operations of taking prices up and down. That's a part of it, but there's so much more that they can do too. Yeah, that's a great, I love that headline call out. I think that's... Um 
you know, really giving the go ahead for the rest of the industry. Now that Walmart's kind of given the pass there, I think that it's now something that the rest of the industry has to pay attention to, or at least explore too. Um, I, I, I had another, another headline with no, no commonalities right now. I said that my headline of the year was actually last week's headline about NRF retracting the retail, um, organized retail crime statistics. Oh my gosh, I can't even say. (laughs) Um, I think that while sustainability was lacking in, uh, coverage this year, I think, you know, organized retail crime was on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think we heard so much about that this year. It was pounded into retailers heads and kind of gave retailers a pass to say like, it's not that, you know, it's not our fault. We can't do anything to prevent crime. It's really these organized retail crime groups that are just like coming in and like taking things out. Media was really behind it. TikTok was behind it. And I think that now having NRF retract that information and say, oh, it's actually not as much as we thought it was really puts the onus on some retailers as we head into 2024 to try to resolve some of those issues. So that's, that's my that's my 2024 prediction. That's that's Flesh crazy. Headline. That that headline happened last week. That's nuts. I know. that's that's that impactful to you, huh? It, it seems like it. I mean, there's all, I mean all the talking Congress and everything this week around this whole issue that Daphne Holland brought up. Like it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, so next one, and let's go to you first on this one. Let's go to your favorite retail technology of the year. Um, well, I have to, I feel like this is an obvious one, but generative AI, I think this is where it's got to land. It just made, when we talk about the retail technology that really made the most impact, I think that's changing how every retail organization is working from, you know, the marketing to teams at headquarters all the way down to, you know, basic, um, changes to tasks inside the stores. So I, I got to give it to generative AI. I Gen AI. You, I know we went, talk about it a lot, but you went the easy route. Yeah. Well, I'll jump in here too then early. Cause like that was mine as well. Like, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the cream and the clear of the white collar worker everywhere. If you know how to use it correctly, it's, it's just that performance enhancing. It's, it's like, you feel like Barry Bonds on steroids, you know, hitting 73 home runs. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I don't have anything to add. I think that's that's definitively it for me as well. Uh, David Ritter, what do you think? I won't make you follow David Brown again. Yeah, I went a little slightly less obvious path here. Okay, uh, it's good. It's not necessarily a new technology, but uh, kind of the dramatic growth in, 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 in it has finally become table stakes of tap-and-go technology. Um, I feel like we've finally gotten to the point now where oh. POS hardware, credit cards, digital devices – uh, it's accepted pretty much everywhere now. And I feel like it's really transforming the checkout experience, which is the biggest pain point in, in most people's shopping uh, trip. Um, it's not the newest technology necessarily. I feel like it's hit the inflection point uh, where it's one of the more impactful. And so David, just to be clear for the audience, you're talking about tap and go at the point of sale terminal versus like scan and go throughout the right, store, right? You're talking tap pay. and go, yes. yes. Like Apple Pay or yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, digital wallet of some sort. Yes. Okay. Got it. Or even your credit card, you tap a credit card, which Europeans have been doing for, for decades. And we're just now getting on board. Okay, great. Uh, David Brown. Oh, I feel horrible, but, uh, we're going to have a repeat here. Okay. Uh, like, uh, both, uh, you and Ian had the same one. Uh, Dave and I have the same one as well. Oh, I think really? you uh, had the same uh, one as David. Yeah. Continuous rollout of, uh, continued rollout of contactless payments for me. It just makes it so easy to shop. I mean, I was at somewhere the other day and like, I mean, they took Venmo, they took Cash App, they took Google Pay, they took Apple Pay. It was 
like, you know, I don't carry cash. I don't carry wallets or anything anymore. And like, you know, as we're moving to digital IDs and everything, like literally all you need is your device and you always have your device with you. It just makes it seamless. Love it. Yeah. So I want to ask you too then. So, cause and, and you guys are long-term long, like you said, long-time consultants and you are talking to a lot of retailers. Are, are you both bringing this up because this is something you're hearing them overtly talk about in the retail boardrooms that you're in, or are you just talking about this more from you seeing it as the consumers on the consumer side of things, David Brown? Yeah, no, I, I think it's both. I think, you know, seeing it okay. from the consumer side, you know, it's just something that, that I love and appreciate, but um you know, a number of retailers that we've worked with uh, this year from, you know, value to luxury or uh, it was on the, their top agendas from a, you know, a technology platform and, and wallet standpoint. Uh, it just, you know, makes it easier for the consumer, right? And if you're not, if you're not trying to meet consumer needs, then you're failing, right? It's that simple. Very, very interesting. Wow. Remember, Ann, we used to ask that question like yes. when we were first doing our podcast. Remember, that was one of the questions we asked everyone at the end, like, how often do you use Apple Pay or Samsung Pay? And at the time, right. it was like like less than 5% of those we interviewed. So that's crazy to see in this time frame well, uh, what I, David, the two I also, are talking about. Yes. I also think that's a perfect way to transition into retail person of the year. And I'm going to actually go first myself because Interesting. my retail person of the year, our next category, is actually Dilip Kumar of Amazon Web Services because- oh. He, when you look at what his team has done to push mm. Amazon One Palm Pay through the system this year, we are seeing that rapidly roll out in stadiums. We're seeing it happen at Panera. We're seeing it happen in Whole Foods. All these places this year, I think, is just another level up of what the Davids are talking about here when it comes to convenience for customers. I also think you look at this being an entirely new revenue stream for Amazon. They're really going into that platform of, we will make it so simple for you to pay with your palm, get in and out. You don't even need your phone anymore. So I think it's just the next evolution of that. Um, right. And will become even more um, feasible for retailers now that they're getting into apparel in conjunction with some of those other items so that they can really make that experience seamless. But um, David Brown, I want to go to you next. Who is your retail person of the year? My retail person here, this might have been mine two years ago, but uh, I'm oh. not totally, I don't quite remember. Uh, but um, Bernard or no is, uh, is mine. Okay. Uh, for for a couple different reasons. One, you know, I think just continues to kill it on the portfolio. It's got Tiffany's working again, but more importantly, as you think about Succession, actually has you know kind of members of the family working. There's no you know, Apple's not going to make Succession two based on the Arno family. It's not like a Pritzker with you know, all the children, you know, <laughs> like kind of inviting kind of situation. My so goodness. I just think in terms of, you know, continuing to run uh, just, you know, a unbelievably successful conglomerate and have no issues around succession so far that we're seeing from the outside doesn't mean that they're not there. Right. Uh, I think it's pretty impressive. So That's incredible. I, I love this, the variation that we're going to see in this answer. Um, Chris, I want to go to you next. Who's yours? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I was like, this is, I kudos to you too, Ed, because you kind of changed this headline or this uh, award from last year too, because it was previously retail CEO of, CEO of the year. And now we changed yeah. it to retail person of the year. So, and I, I love your Dillip one too, just to go back to that. Like that, it's a really, really, really interesting uh, uh, nomination. I might actually second that one if 
I didn't always have to give this award out to Doug McMillan. You know, I Dougie think that's Doug. why I wanted to change it. You always pick him every year. I mean, I am, who has who is the greater man crush now? Is it Ferner still or is it Doug McMillan now? This is like dude, three or four years in a row. It's like asking me to choose between my children, and it's one A and one B. It's clearly Dougie, Dougie, Doug. Like. I, he will win this award until he has to do something really drastic not to win this award. But, oh but don't do that, I mean, Doug. Don't do that. But, but, but Walmart, I know, right? But Walmart, I mean, they're killing it. They're 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 their stocks doing really well again. Uh, you know, it's been a tough year for a lot of retailers. Walmart Plus is actually now seemingly a defensible comparison to Prime, which who would have thought that? I was very skeptical of that being the case. They're continuing to innovate. They've got retail media they're going after. They've got commerce technologies, new fulfillment services. They're they're finding the additional revenue streams too. They're evolving as an omnichannel retailer much faster than I would say some of their closest competitors are too. And they've basically established a pretty good beachhead in grocery against what yeah. was a potential onslaught from Amazon, which has been kind of stymied, which will probably come up later too. But I think the guy's just done a masterful job. So I I, this is the actually of all the years I've nominated him. I think this, this is, is the, the year most, he's most deserving. deserving. My God, because he keeps yeah, upping his game. He keeps upping he his game. I mean, inflation helps them a little bit this year too. So let's not forget that part. But uh, but yes, good job, Doug. Chris will give you the award every year. You're safe, David Ritter. Please save us here. Who is your retail person? I am not going to save you. I'm actually gonna do my first repeat. Uh, I'm Doug McMillan. I think. Yes. I think it's yes. no uh, he has really yes. turned a huge entity uh, into an omni-channel retailer that I've yet. It's just been an impressive transformation. All right. Fine. I got it. I guess I'll pay you the I 10 mean, bucks later, David. I'll yeah, pay you the right. 10 bucks later. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to the next one. All right. The next one is oh, always one of my favorites. Most overhyped retail technology of the year uh ritter let's go to you again yeah this was tougher for me this year there wasn't an obvious mm -hmm. metaverse out there <laughs> yeah. um, i actually went with digital cooler screens so yes. um, you know yeah. over the past few years as folks have articulated the store of the future you know they've painted a picture of personalized coolers that kind of change as you walk by and, and target ads to you um now that we're seeing it rolled out in practice, it makes the cooler almost completely unshoppable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just one of those good ideas gone kind of bad in practice. Um, it really de degrades the customer experience when you're when you're trying to shop from the cooler. Uh, so I think it's uh, I think it may have been pretty dramatically overhyped. Yeah, and I'll jump in here next with my nomination too because it's it's very very um, similar to what you just said, Dave. I would actually take it more broadly. I'm actually. I'm kind of down on in-store retail media in general, um, the digitization of it in-store in general, which is, you know, even, you know, cooler screens is one example of that. But even I think as you look more broadly, it, and the reason I say that too is shout out to Chad Lusk from the AM Consumer and Retail Group who's not here. He kind of opened my eyes to this because, you know, the one factor that you have to keep in mind if these things are going to work is you have to be able to measure them and measure their impact. And that seems pretty elusive. So, but yet we're seeing more and more investments in digital screens in the store but you know for my money i think the first right investments are really 
in the customer's own hands through the mobile devices or at best through, I would say, like going back to what we talked about a couple of headlines or a couple of words ago, ESLs, like those are a great way to communicate marketing activations to your consumers because they can get your promos to work harder for you because you know your prices are going to be right. So, so yeah, I, I'm very skeptical on all the digital screen investments going into to retail stores. And what do you think? You know, I I agree with what you guys both said, but I think this year the most overhyped retail technology was really AR and AI models for apparel. I think we saw Levi's get totally burned by saying that we're going to AI models and because we want to have more diversity and we want to show how things fit better. Like even Walmart had some um some other rollouts this year and I don't think any of them do what they're supposed to like, ultimately you don't get a sense for how that product fits on my body just because the, the, the model is more diverse just because they're using an AI version that's culminated multiple bodies to try to showcase that product. It's not, it's still not getting to the point of will this product fit my body better? Um, so I think for me, that's where a lot of money was spent. And I think it's much better to work towards that. How do I create my own 3D avatar of my body so that I can order and size me versus, you know, what this looks like on an AI generated model? Yeah, this is always something you've been really big on, but yet it seems to be kind of elusive in terms of really making an impact for the most part throughout throughout the industry. It's, it's, it's a tough nut to crack as we've talked a lot about on the show. All right, David Brown. For me, it's uh, it's a broad category. It's really anything supply chain related. Um, oh, and wow. here's what I mean by that. Like, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we have this huge supply chain crunch. And, you know, then it eased and people are throwing, you know, millions to billions of dollars at supply chain technologies, mm-hmm. but not doing the basic fixes of getting planning right and, and actually doing the thinking part of it. And, you know, they're hoping for a silver bullet and it's not working and the consumer is suffering, right? Because, you know, the right product isn't on the shelf that you want to buy. Uh, you know, retailers are, are losing sales because of it and customers are suffering uh, by not being able to get what they want. And, uh, you know, it, there's no silver bullets out there. You know, these companies got to actually do the hard work and, uh, and you know, and they're just trying to throw tech at it instead, which uh, I think is sad. All right, let's move on to... The, my favorite new category, which is retail headline of the year, you most want to see turned into a movie. Um, David Ritter, you have a giant smile on your face. So before I go to Chris, our movie buff, I'm going to go to you first. Who, who, What headline would you like to see turned into a movie? So I think Michelle Gass from Coles to, to Levi's yeah. would make for a fascinating movie. I mean, she yeah. started at Coles as, as the, you know, this really esteemed, held it in the highest regard and then struggled a bit and then kind of pulled this trick do where she moved yes. on already had another job. I just think it's a, I think it's a really fascinating, uh, I, I have to believe that behind the scenes, there's just a lot of drama that went into that. Oh and God. that story's not over yet either, right, David? I mean, my God, depending on how it goes at Levi's, given the announcement this past week that Chip Berg's retiring, so. Oh, Lots that's of gonna... policy intrigue. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy a ticket to that movie. Um, David Brown, we'll go to you next. Yeah, I, I I don't know how you can't make, you know, Jeff Bezos' life story into a movie, right? <laughs> it's got, oh, it's sure. it's got it's got everything, right? From you know, rags to riches to illicit affair to you know weird you know proclivities around Clock of the Longno and you know Blue Origin. Vanity Fair covers. Like it's it's yeah. It's the closest we have to 
William Randolph Hearst and Citizen Kane and the uh, Modern <laughs> Thing or Howard Hughes, right? It's the uh, it's the only uh, it's the only thing you can make into a movie that I think would be super interesting, right? So, oh my God, that was right. I was thinking about that one too, David Brown. I think that was uh, there's so, there is a lot of a lot of opportunity there with that content. Um, yeah. Chris, you're the big movie buff here. I can't wait to hear what yours yeah. is. I had a lot of fun on this one, and, but those are both great answers. And hopefully we don't get the fingernails with the, uh, with Jeff Bezos that we get with Howard Hughes, David. Uh, all right. Mine, you got to give me some, got to give me some room to cook on this one. You three, but uh, mine is, is, is it's an easy winner. In my opinion, it's Colonel, okay. the new robot vegetarian restaurant from the Chipotle founder that we talked about about a month or two ago on the show. And the reason I say this is I think this film could go a couple different ways. I think one, it could be a horror flick. A la okay. like Christine. You remember the crazy car, Christine, where only in this case, the car is the robot and it unsuspectingly, atta unsuspectingly attacks workers late at night through all kinds of crazy means. You could get you could get that your mind going on that or or and it could also okay. be a love story. It could also be a love story a la her with Joaquin Phoenix about the budding love between a cashier and a humanized guacamole making robot. I'm going to go pick, that route. For sure. You like that one? Okay. Yeah, much better. No, I don't. You lost me at Christine. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm going to have to look that one up after this. Oh, show. It's Stephen King movie. Oh, there's 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 movie execs listening to this podcast right now. They're already greenlighting both those scripts. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with mine, which was I've been since I've been watching a lot of Fargo lately, the new episode of Fargo or new season of Fargo. I want to say that we should see a movie based on Enerbase implementing Amazon One Palm technology in North Dakota. In North Dakota. <laughs> like, I just want to, I, I mean, I don't even think that you need a lot of production to this one. I think it's just like a straight up camera that's watching people walk in and out, like putting their palm out and just seeing what rural North Dakota thinks of this technology. Like, I just want a live stream. That's what I want. No production needed. Let's just see what happens there. And then if you did want to take the footage and cut it into like a, you know, some kind of crime drama, like a Fargo, you could, but. Oh, that's you my betcha. Vote. Look at my palm. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. The tracker, the tracker. Where, where do people think that Amazon wants to put tracking devices inside of them? Because that's really what we hear every time we hear this. But Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. What a great category ad. And again, kudos to you for coming up with that one. All right, let's keep rolling. So best strategic move from a struggling retailer. Let's go to the longtime consultants to start this one off. David Brown. Yeah, so not really a struggling retailer, but I, I do think this is one of the, the best moves that was made. And, and I, mm -hmm. I feel bad about doing it because uh, Chris, you're going to love this. It's just giving you more arrows in your for your, your Doug Love Fest. But okay. uh, I, I think everything that Walmart's done in the last year around inventory uh yeah. has been fantastic right mm -hmm. like you know they they took a big write-off early they've got inventories down where every other retailer right now is going to end up writing off massive amounts of inventory uh at the end of the year or you know have to push it through you know significant more discount uh than they were anticipating uh walmart's in a fantastic position right and just uh their inventories are down they're stable uh, they have the right products on the shelf. So I think everything that they've done around inventory the last year is, uh, has really positioned them exceptionally well. Yeah, it's great. You can tell, you can tell Doug's getting better with age as the CEO too. It's not his first rodeo. He knows when to pull the triggers on certain things at the right time. So, uh, David Brown, do you, what, I mean, David Ritter, excuse me. Uh, what, what, what's your, uh, who's your award winner here for best strategic mood move from a struggling retailer or just best strategic move in general? So I think the jury's still out on this big time, 
but I think it was uh, a, re a retailer that needed to make a Hail Mary. So I thought Overstock.com buying uh, Bed Bath uh, & Beyond IP yeah. was a really yeah. interesting move. I mean, for years, Overstock had struggled because of its its brand didn't match its business, right? And mm -hmm. I thought uh, I thought it was an innovative try, right? And we'll see if it, if it works, but, but just from a strategic kind of repositioning perspective, uh, I thought it was pretty pretty thoughtful. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Yeah, and the jury's still out on it. Yes, I know we talked about that and we're very optimistic ourselves about um, how that could position overstock now Bed Bath & Beyond for the long term. That's a good good ad here. And what do you think? Mine was Peloton teaming up with Lululemon. Um, I really? Think that I'm surprised by that. You were kind of harsh. You were kind of so-so on that when they made that announcement. Well, I think that, I, I don't know that I was, I, I just think it's going to do more for Lululemon than it is for Peloton. But I think that if that Peloton really was struggling toward the middle of this year, and I think that it's a really smart partnership on both sides. It kind of gives uh, each of them something that they needed. Once Lululemon dropped Mirror this year and didn't have the content, you have Peloton coming in strong and kind of being that, giving that expertise to Lululemon um, and then Lululemon being able to just put all their apparel, you know, front and center and really give people a brand that they know and love. I mean, there's already people spending on Peloton apparel, but I think that this really levers that up a little bit and gives them some more um, clout in that space. And I mean, I've seen all my instructors, they're like calling out the Lululemon every Are single they? time that you do uh, one of the rides or one of the workouts. I mean, they're they are being very overt about the fact that this is Lululemon. I love how this fits. Like even mm -hmm. just like almost pitches more that I think is going to help Lululemon in the wrong, long run. So it's so it's kind of like best strategic move by a thriving retailer then in a lot of ways with in, Lululemon being the, yeah, the winner for both here. Of them. Yeah, for both yeah. of them, yeah. I think there's still yeah. room for activations and other things too, which we haven't quite seen yet, but I think that Peloton coming into the Lululemon space too could be something yeah. that we see next year. It's got to give them some tailwind too. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, so both yours and David Ritter's are, are, are two uh, moves I considered, but I'm going to go out on my own here on this one too. So mine is actually the move or the decision that Amazon made to halt its grocery expansion. They put the brakes on that pretty significantly. And I think it's smart because Quite honestly, they don't know how to do grocery. Um, and they were trying to do too many things at the same time. They were trying to learn how to run a grocery store while also trying to get customers to shop it in an entirely different way through its just walkout technology. That's an almost impossible task when you step back and think about it. So I think they've made the right moves. They slowed it down. They brought in some really strong outsiders to try to re-enliven the experience and in, in, in the grocery stores wherever they are currently in operation to see if they can make them better. But I still think it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, and that's why the other part of this announcement that I think I love is that they've overtly shifted their focus to licensing the tech. Like they've mm -hmm. licensed the tech to airports, events, hospitals. You talked about Amazon One as well, the Pompeii system too. I think that's a smarter move and it's more in the ethos of what Amazon has traditionally always been about. Yeah, that's a great one, Chris. I love that ad. Um, all right, let's go to award, the next award, which is best new partnership of the year. Uh, David Brown, let's start with you. This one might have been my favorite category. And, oh, really? Uh, All right. I, yeah. Well, because to me, it's like partnership. And I also, you know, took a, a spin on collaboration. And, yeah. and if you look at some of uh, the collaborations this year, like I had a bunch of that I tried to choose from. Like, I love what Nike's doing, you know, like Nike Sharpie, Nike with Tiffany's, Nike with Ben and Jerry's. Uh, you know, I, I think was also cool. I mean, you know, you think about like, uh, you know, being able to order a Travis Scott meal at McDonald's or, you know, Pokemon and Van Gogh Museum and 
um, an old one, but one that's still continuing, you know, for the hammered or high set Doritos and Taco Bell has to be one of the best collabs of, uh, of all time. But if you, if you really want to just say, okay, partnership, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Target and Ulta, uh, with the mm. Ulta shops in Target, uh, yeah. is to me, uh, a much better implementation of Sephora at Kohl's, yeah. uh, with, uh, you know, actually with a stronger retail partner. Uh, so, uh, from, a, so that would be my, my partnership winner, but, but, but I love all the collapse. Oh, like, yeah. it's just, there's so many cool ones. That's such a great one, David. The, I have to say just even, you know, anecdotally, I've, I've totally changed my patterns based on having that Ulta inside of target. And I didn't think it was going to be as significant as it actually has ended up being, but it's really yeah, it's super fantastic. well executed. And the, mm. and the benefits that you get from merging the loyalty programs there too, and being able to apply, like even the, the discounting that was happening or that is still happening as we head into the holidays being applied to those Ulta items as well, not just what I could get from Target. It's like you're, you're, they're really working well together to create that experience for their shoppers. Um, David Ritter, what do you have? Well, I've got a, I think a pretty straightforward one. Uh, I think Walmart's partnerships with streaming services have been pretty pretty instrumental this year. Uh, Chris, you mentioned it earlier, but I do think Walmart Plus is starting to to shape up as a as a meaningful Amazon competitor. Um, and this is uh, I think this is a pretty important piece. I was a little skeptical when they started with Paramount Plus, um, but then they've continued. And even just this week, they announced a partnership with Disney Plus. So I think uh, you know it, it is starting to rival an Amazon like program. Uh, which is important if you know if they really want to to compete head to head with Amazon. Yeah, uh, that's that's a hundred percent true. I think we're only seeing the beginnings of that too, Dave. Like that's it's just going to continue more and more as we head into next year. Uh, Chris, what wh what do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple comments on what was said already. I think. David, David Brown, your comment was great. I mean, Ulta, like, you know, makes me wonder where Target's results would be this year if they hadn't done that partnership. So that actually makes me think, you know, it makes me do a double take on on that award nomination. And and David, I was right there with David Ritter. I was right there with you on on Walmart too. I had the NBC Universal and Walmart collaboration, kind of my second tier of of partnerships because this was a great category to mm -hmm. to give you guys a sense of like the the nominees that i was thinking about and then i'll tell you who my winner was but i had nbc universal and walmart forever 21 and Shein made my list too that's a good one and then the other one that i thought was really interesting was grubhub and amazon just walk out on college campuses i thought that was fascinating but but the winner for me was amazon and meta you know, directly linking up Amazon purchases through Instagram and Facebook ads where you're not having to leave the app. That's going to be pretty damn powerful in the long run, I think. So that that to me is is my clear winner. Yeah, um, mine is, I would say, running and operating in the background of retail, not as much a retail partnership, but I have Microsoft and OpenAI. Um, oh, that's yes, a good there's one. Been, there's been a lot <laughs> of one. rocky Ooh. headline issues coming about lately but i think really for the first time like when we look at the dawn of microsoft office and what that did to the operating systems of a lot of well just companies in general especially retailers i think this is another way that you're really going to see microsoft start to power the engines that operate all these retail stores um having you know, open AI is a, a major investment that they've made this year and really being able to kind of catapult them ahead of, of any other operating platform. 
I think Ann might get the mic drop here because I heard David Brown go, "Ooh, that's a good one." Yeah, that's a good one. That was. I think you're in the in the uh, in the running for the winner of this year's mic drop award, Ann, on these awards. Uh, that was a really really good uh, partnership you just called out. All right, let's go to the next one, which is most laughable headline of the year. New category. Can't wait to see where this one goes. David Ritter, start us out. All right, so I took a spin on this. It, it's I can't decide whether it's laugh or cry. Um, oh, but, uh, but, but, but the headline that I'm picking is Macy's shares soar on talks of a buyout. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, I, there's two ways to think about this. Like, if you think the buyout is to turn around Macy's, um, the notion of some financiers turning around Macy's when they've had 18 different transformation uh, efforts uh, happen already is kind of laughable. It is laughable, um, yes. And the sad part about this, though, is I think there's probably a real estate play uh, underway, and it's more about uh, you know shutting down operations than improving them, which is the sad part of it. Yeah. David, can I ask you a question? I was thinking about this story. I was thinking about this when this story broke, and I want to get your consulting opinion on this. Is this... Is the timing of this pretty typical, like a new CEO coming in after the previous CEO is exiting or departing or retiring? The activist investors get pretty, you know, excited about the opportunity here. Is is that is that timing pretty common in this sort of thing? Or, is, or am I reading too much into that as well? I think leadership changes and inflection points, whether it's an earnings release, tend to be, you know, times where activists uh, investigate uh, specific retailers. So I think you're, you're on to something. Although I, I will say, I think there's kind of a, uh, there's a pond that activist investors are kind of continually watching and, uh, you know, they're sharks. But kind Just of looking strap, for the right moment strap. to strike, yeah. to bite. Yeah, got it, got it. And seeing the chum in the water maybe too. All right, David Brown. Now, David Brown. Yes. What's your most laughable headline of the year? Yeah, well, this one definitely made me laugh and then cry a little bit. But uh, uh, I read this headline a couple weeks ago that Ozempic is primarily responsible for the retail slowdown this year. Because people are eating less junk food, and right. uh, which I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like <laughs> this is like the most ridiculous headline I've ever ever read. Um, plus, I mean, Ozempic doesn't really work, you know, because as soon as you go off it, you run to the junk store and uh, uh, and buy a bunch of food. So, if anything, it's a timing issue. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, if, if people are relying on uh, you know a a, a drug. Uh, to uh, to explain your poor results, then uh, you got a way bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of the 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 season was too hot or too cold kind of uh, announcement in the earnings statement. It's it's a new version of that. Um, all right. Well, mine was, and I don't think this will surprise you, Ann. And I'm curious what you have too, because I, I have a feeling we might light up on this one. But um, I think it's the easiest award I've ever handed out. Quite frankly, it's when Target CEO Brian Cornell said with a straight face to Cordy Reagan on CNBC recently that shoppers are giving him a big thank you for putting products behind glass, which there's no effing way that's true. Absolutely uh, no way that's true. That was 100% mine. Like uh, it was the funny, I still can't believe it. And I still get so enraged that that was actually allowed to come out of his mouth. Like yeah. no way in hell is anyone thanking you for locking up my Dove soap and making me wait three minutes to get that unlocked. Absolutely right. not. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of that line in The Departed, the great movie, The Departed, where she says to Leo, honesty is not synonymous with truth. Like, yes, someone may have said that to him at the time. And the SEC is not going to come after him for making false statements. But like, it's it's no way. No way is that real. That that actually is how people feel. So it's just downright laughable, in my opinion. 
All right, let's go on to retail concept you wish you you wish you had in your neighborhood but don't. Um, David Ritter, let's go to you first. So I don't know if this counts as retail. I think it's retail, experiential retail. Sure. Uh, but I, uh, I I picked Legoland. Um, I had okay. two young kids, and uh, we recently took a trip to San Antonio and went to Legoland. And I think it was a very impressive combination of theme park and retail store. Sure. Um, which, which was, uh, frankly, hours of uh, of occupying my children, which uh, is a very valuable commodity uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. So uh, I, that, I thought it was a really fascinating concept. That's great. And I, I wonder why they don't have more. Like, even if you just did Legoland on a little bit of a smaller scale, like, I think that would kill, especially for so many different age ranges. Like, adults all the way down to toddlers i mean you've got a lot of opportunity there to really do that experiential retail in the right way i love that idea um david brown what do you want in your neighborhood yeah there's a, a lot of things i love in my neighborhood i thought i was in a bunch of really cool retail concepts this year from what nespresso is doing in the uk with you know kind of blending your own coffee to you know, mm -hmm. Taco Bell's Defy store where they have, you know, like four driving lanes where the kitchen's up above to, you know, feed people brew or, uh, you know, I think the Reformation store in NoHo is is uh, is super cool uh, as well, where it's just one product of each type and, you know, and then you go in the dressing room and you can punch up other products. But the one I really want is um, there's a store in New York called Coming Soon. That it's kind of like a uh, Etsy on steroids where it's all just you know kind of new cutting edge stuff i've never walked in there that i haven't spent way more money than i ever anticipated and uh, i would just love to have one in my hometown because i think it's uh it's one of the best stores and uh, one of the best concepts i've seen we gotta go there chris and we're there yeah to interrupt. I you should check, check it out. out yeah, yeah. coming yeah. soon okay. okay coming soon noted noted um, okay, Chris, I'm curious what you think, Chris, being that we live about six blocks away from each other. Um, I think I might know who yours is. Yeah. But, this is always but, a fun one. What do us. you say? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. One of the things in contention for David Brown was a souped up Taco Bell. I just want to make sure that that point gets emphasized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, There's I mean, been a lot of Taco Bell drops. The Doritos. Doritos. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. That's kind of fascinating sub subtext of this whole conversation. All right, we'll circle back to that later. Um, this one was easy for me. I think I said it on a show maybe even last week or a couple of weeks ago when they had the big merger announcement with uh, Dom's Market in Chicago mm -hmm. to create OutFox, which is I'm on Foxtrot Market. That thing is yeah. that thing is that thing's an awesome experience, and uh, I think it would kill in our neighborhood in particular. So that yeah. that would be my answer, Ann. And I, I totally agree. That was my answer as well. And not just in our neighborhood, but I think that that smaller format, really specialized retail store in a lot of neighborhoods would do stand to do really well. So we'll see how expansion goes for them now that they've got Dom's uh, under the hood too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So God, you and I've congealed a lot on this show. That's very atypical. I feel like we, you and I are congealing more than we are with the, with the friends from the AM consumer and retail group here, but Hey, you know, that's not on Doug McMillan molds. though. I won't give yeah. him the award every right. year. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Ritter, yes. Ritter and I synced up on that one. This that is almost a Walmart award show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <exactly. laughs> it is. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, all right. The last category of the day for 2023 is tomorrow's headlines today. So what is, the one headline each of you predict that we will see in 2024. David Brown, why don't you start us off? 
Yeah, I think when we uh, if we do this show next year, I think it's going to be a headline along the lines of bloodbath, bloodbath to boom. Uh, I think you know this holiday season we're going to see a bloodbath in retail. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of retailers going to be pushed over the edge, and then I see through 24, right? You know, the Fed held rates. You know, they've announced potentially three cuts. Right. Uh, you know, easing monet- monetary policy. I think you'll see you know consumers start spending again. I expect that, you know, Chinese consumer on the high end to come back, which has been missing the last two or three years. Uh, so I think by the end of next year, I think, you know, there's a good chance you see retail booming again. So uh, to me, it's going to be a bloodbath to boom. Interesting point. Interesting point. And what are your thoughts on tomorrow's headlines today? So I think we're going to see retailers stop locking up product and start making permanent changes to stores. Mm. I think that we're just like, especially with the news that I mentioned earlier about like what's really happening. It's not just organized retail crime that's responsible for the theft that we're seeing in stores. And it's just not, I think customers are going to have enough of it. They don't want to be waiting for stuff to get unlocked, waiting that average of two to three minutes every time they want to purchase something. So I think we start to see retailers making more investments in how do we make this a, a simpler shopping experience from the very bare minimum of what we saw Giant Eagle do, where they're just like having a, a an entrance to a store and an exit of a store to try to mitigate some of that theft that's happening or just keep a closer eye on it, all the way through to investing more significantly in checkout free options for their stores. Great one, great one. Love to see that for sure. David Ritter. I'm a little bit contrarian uh, to David Brown on this one. I think we're going to see mm. uh, retailers struggle in 24. And I hate to say this at the holiday season. Um, so I, I think we're going to continue to see the belt tightening. I, I think some of the things that David mentioned are true, but they, I think they tend to have a longer lead time. So for 20, for 24, I guess, I think we're going to continue to see uh, retailers really struggle. I think we'll see a decreased discretionary spending, mm. more trading down, consolidation of trips. But I think that will lead to um, to blurring of channel lines and really fighting for traffic. So I think some of the traditional way we think about competition, like I think you're seeing grocers compete with drug, compete with discount, um, because uh, as those uh, trips consolidate, there's just not that many out there. So every trip's going to really matter from a consumer perspective. Yeah, that, that's interesting too, especially since we don't really understand the lag effect of the Fed's actions too necessarily in terms of how long they they all you know take to see the benefits or the drawbacks from them too. That makes me think think more about mine as well. So mine is actually given the economic climate in the past year. And then David, if if what you say about next year is correct, I think that it plays into this as well. I think I think you're gonna see a major C-suite shakeup at Target. Um, because no matter how you slice it, the results this year have been pretty aberrational and uh you know, Cornell's getting up in age too. We don't know how many years he's got left. The leadership team underneath him is really green. They lost their COO, John Mulligan, who was kind of the, he was kind of the glue that held the whole thing together. So, and honestly, I've said this before, but where's the growth? I don't know where the growth's coming from. I don't know where they're thinking it's going to come from. They haven't announced anything publicly that's any, that will have any material impact on growth in the long run. So I do wonder, you know, if things will start to improve, do heads start to roll, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of my take. And uh, any final words from anyone on this show? Anyone want to get any last ch- last chip shots in? No, I think no. I I think that uh, next year we're we're gonna need to force you to pick a new person though for for retailer of the year, Chris. 
Oh, I don't think so. I'm, it's like Buffalo Bills. It should Bills. be like no repeat winner rule. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, no really? Oh, oh, man. But David oh, Brown, man. you might have to get, you might have to come up with a new retailer of the year too then. We got to challenge you guys to dig deep. Well, I, I went every other year, so that's yes, okay. right. Fair, you did, fair, you did. fair. I'm like Chris Berman. He used to pick the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl every year, regardless of how bad or how good they were. So that's kind of how, that's giving him an homage. But uh, all right, well, let's close up the show. Happy birthday today to Cynthia Gibb of Youngblood, starring Rob Lowe, Nancy Valen of Baywatch, and to the mom all our hearts out, went out to in E.T., the great and very underappreciated Dee Wallace. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omnitalk, the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top 10 U.S. retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content that's exclusive to us, and we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. You can follow us today by simply going to youtube.com slash Retail. David Ritter, if people want to get in touch with you, reach out to you, pick either one of your brains, what's the best way for them to do that? They can reach out to us directly on LinkedIn. Either of us, we both have uh, individual profiles, David Ritter, David Brown. Uh, we have an Alvarez and Marsal Consumer and Retail Group is on LinkedIn. Or you can email me directly at D-R-I-T-T-E-R at alvarezandmarsal.com. Awesome. The email drop. That's great. All right. Well, on behalf of the two Davids, on behalf of Anne, and on behalf of all of us here at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. The Talk Retail Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at firework.com. And Avalara. Avalara makes tax compliance faster, easier, more accurate, and more reliable for 30,000 plus business and government customers in over 90 countries. Avalara leverages 1,200 plus sign partner integrations to power tax calculations, document management, tax return filing, and tax content access. Visit avalara.com to improve your compliance journey. And TGW, revolutionize your grocery supply chain with TGW. Their experts tailor automation solutions to your needs, ensuring you have the edge. Work with TGW before your competition does. Discover more at tgw-group.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.